Today on episode 103 of the ROM of the Week, Telltale Games will tell no more tales. Gran is in France. And we do a two-dot doo-wop. Doo-wop. You hear me? You hear me, brother? You got it? Welcome to the ROM of the Week podcast, where we bring you all the gaming news and the views and shoes. Yeah, sometimes mm. ones and twos. We don't really often have the twos, unfortunately. I know, out of stock. Not with, not with Grant out of town. Now, if you want to get on the fun, you can you can hit us up. You can go at like a ROM of the Week.com situation. You can go on Twitter at ROM of the Week. You can go to Facebook at ROM of the Week. You can even go to Instagram at the ROM of the Week. Not even we lost it for a second, buddy. I know, I, I kind of had a, something might be going on. My name is Ian. My name's Leroy. Grant is still uh, in, uh, this is the last week that Grant is going to not be here. Uh, he's on vacation, yeah. assignment, however we were saying it. He's uh, being a real European right now. He's, a, he's on a European vacation. That's right. So let's get, we're going to get right to it. We're going to talk about what have we been up to this week? Man. What okay. have you been up to, Leroy? Oof, what have we been up? What have I been up to? I don't know. Not much. No? I mean, playing Spider-Man and all Spider-Man's, that stuff, which yeah. we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Great game. Get it if you don't have it, I guess, if you like those games. Okay. Uh, I've been playing... That, that's really the game I've been playing still. Yeah. But there is a new game Uh-oh. that uh, that's for the mobile. The game that... Uh, uh, the mobile game that I've been playing is called Two Dots. Two Dots. That's right. Tell us about Two Dots. Oh, boy. Oh it boy. is a... It, I'm going to show it to you as I explain it, so maybe you can help me okay. out. Okay. Basically, what it is 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 a uh, game. I want to say similar to Bejeweled. Okay, but instead of Bejeweled, instead of shapes, Mm -hmm. it's just colors, and it's just colored dots. Okay, the objective is to line up the dots. Right, I gotta get there. It's a lot of (laughs) bullshit on this. Uh, the objective is to line up the dots and eliminate the dots within a certain amount of time. If you line up like three dots, okay, um, those dots disappear. New dots are generated up top, and then it goes down a level. It's kind of like Tetris, okay. except it just moves those columns down. Interesting. But you can do special moves by, like, Ooh. if you get a square of the same dot, and right. you line it up, you basically draw a line, mm-hmm. and you can eliminate that square. It gets rid of all those colors of dots. Two dots. Two dots, it's called. I hate it because you get, it's a pay, it's like a freemium game. Freemium. So you have to wait. Of course. Of course. To get extra lives to play, right? So, like, if you lose, you you lose a life. You get five lives, mm-hmm. and then it, to get a life, it takes about like I think a half hour, right? So it's one of those. That's great. Stupid. You hate it, but you've been playing it. You're, it's one of yeah, these guys names it. you downloaded because it was like you saw an ad on like Instagram, you saw an ad on uh, App Store or something. Actually, my brother uh, and sister in law uh, added it to me in real life. When I visited them a couple months ago, oh, okay. and I just downloaded it, never played it, then turned it on. You're Actually, right. that's not true. I played it like a couple times while I was there, okay. forgot about it, right. and then reopened it up this okay. week. Yeah. I was like, oh, this game. I don't know why I'm promoting it. It's a little addictive, but it also annoys me because of the freemium stuff. Yeah, that's always annoying. I didn't do a great job describing it, but fuck it. It's Two like, dots. When you said it's like Bejeweled, I think we, we were you there. Know. Yeah. You draw, but instead of like, yeah, you just draw and you choose the dots. You have to make sure you can line up 
the dots, yeah, and eliminate them. You know. Yeah, I do. It, here's the thing, though. You gotta, you gotta wait. You gotta, you gotta wait for lives. That's so stupid. That's I hate that. That's shit. like the old school model, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how they did it. Like, like uh, when it first, when the freemium stuff first started coming right. out, you have to. I can buy more lives. Oh, yeah. How, like how do you dollar. do that? With oh, with money. With money. With real money. With real money. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's always fun. All right. Well, so you're playing a freemium game. It's interesting, Leroy. I was also been playing a freemium game. Get out of here. Yeah. Three dots. No. Fuck. Four dots. No, shit. No, it's actually a game. It's a sad game because it's a, a game uh-huh. that we were looking forward to. What? Yeah. Oh, we really? We did an episode on the uh, on the old format uh-huh. for Shaq Fu, and we heard about a sequel <gasps> called Shaq Fu: A Legend Reborn. You got a Legend Reborn on mobile. Oh, they released it on mobile. They released it on mobile. And guess what? It is. It's freemium. <laughs> It's not that for the, is it? Yeah. No. Are you sure it is for I, the Switch too? I don't know what it is on the Switch, but I know the mobile version, oh. which I've been not getting that far into because it's really not fun. Yeah. Is a freemium style game. Oh God. You, uh, so it's, it's not, remember when we, when we first thought we knew what Shaq Fu was before we played it and we thought it was a beat em up? Yeah. That's what this is. No. So you have like a controller on the screen. You know how some of the like draw a little like uh, half opaque controller four way thing. Yeah. You yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. And then you have like punches uh, and kicks. Oh no. It's awful. It's so sad. Oh my God. So they released it for mobile. They released it for mobile. I'm like looking up right uh. now. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no. You just kind of walk around and you beat people up and then Shaq says, he references the old game. I haven't beaten it because it's fucking boring. It's horrible. First level is available for free. And then oh, okay. after that, you pay for the rest. So it is free. You unlock. That's even more insulting. Yeah, you just unlock. Yeah, yeah. That should tell you about where I'm at with how far along I'm this game. It's all the same game, too. Yeah. Holy shit. It's awful. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. It's really sad. Shaq Fu. I saw it. I saw it on like Apple's picks a couple weeks ago and I downloaded it. And then just like your two dots, I reminded myself, I was like, oh, I downloaded Shaq Fu. I should check it out. And I was yeah. like, Oh no! Oh no! Thank God. I'm so glad you said that. I almost bought it the other week because I have some money on the Nintendo. It might account. be better on console. I don't know. It's not. I don't know. Well, the, my biggest problem with it is the controls. Like you just oh, move yeah. around with the because you there's not a it's not a good control scheme. The fucking uh, that's phone. Like it's yeah. good for like your game the the two dots where you swipe a lot. Yeah. But yeah, where you're like moving your thumb around like it's a joypad and you have no feedback and then. Your finger misses the punch button, so you don't hit the guy, and you fucking blah blah blah. It's garbage. So sad. We had high hopes. We did. We were gonna. Yeah, we were. Gonna. I guess though, did we have high hopes uh, after the show though? Because we, did we even realize it was released? No, <laughs> they never announced it. Remember, like we went to their website, and it was yeah. like a mystery about when it was coming out. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were pulling some shit on us. They sure were. So yeah, I can't. We can't. I don't. I don't know if you can recommend Two Dots, but I cannot recommend Shaq Fu: A Legend Reborn for the mobile phone. <sighs> Two Dots is just. I feel like if you like those games, then. Yeah, maybe. But. There's so many puzzle games, though. It's uh, that's true. I I agree with you on that. It's so uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not. Okay, so that's what we're doing. But we don't recommend them. How about that? That's the yeah. These are the garbage <laughs> picks. These are the garbage pale picks of the week. I think mostly because we were playing Spider Man. Yeah. So there really wasn't a lot of time to play. And the Maddens. So that was uh, what we've been up to. We're gonna move on to our uh, news of the week. News of the week. A couple of really big items. We're gonna talk about one in particular. Telltale Games. Oh, rest in peace. Began today, Saturday, September 22nd. 
they began what they're calling a major majority studio closure. Yeah, they're gone. They're They're gone. They are going to fulfill contractual obligations, and then they're going to basically shut their doors. And that was the Netflix show, right? Yes. That they were working on? Yes. For Minecraft. Yes. Okay, they're they're doing that still. Right. Because... The th- but everything else is done, right? Done. N- it's funny because yesterday when it when it was announced, mm-hmm. th- there was talk of them finishing that um, Walking Dead game because that's their most popular Season three, series. Yeah, yeah. But that is now even done. Like they're not doing that they're either. Not finishing. That's anything. crazy. They're not finishing anything. They're not doing a season two of Batman. Like this is uh, this is one of those companies. Like have you have you Leroy ever played a Telltale game? I have. I've played the Jurassic Park one. It's fun. Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah, It was good. And then I played the Walking Dead one before that, and that was really good. I actually enjoyed that game. I don't know what exactly. I couldn't tell you why. I think maybe it was just kind of like the journey of it, the relaxingness of it, slash scariness of it. I don't know. It's good storytelling. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, I think, might be where the problem lies. When a Telltale game comes out, would you pre-order it? No, of course not. Would you run to GameStop? Would you run to the PlayStation Store and buy it? No. No. Because it they're just not they can't compete with these other games. They're not they're fun games. They're good they're honestly good games to have on your laptop at work or some shit if you don't yeah. have something to do on one day. Yeah. But and they're great on phones because you can play, but it's just eh. They're too expensive for what they are, which might be the problem. They play so much I think they pay a lot of money for these licenses. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It is yeah. It, yeah. That that's a that's a good point. I know obviously they ran out of money. Yes. Yeah, or else they wouldn't be closing. Yes. Um and they were losing. They probably just had too many uh just f- not flops. Yeah, yeah. Fl- I guess you call them flops if they don't sell. They're not selling, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just just they just didn't connect with the audiences even if they were good. It's yeah. just the style of game. By the way, people don't know. The style of the game is basically a uh story that you hit a button, or is it play, play, choose your own adventure almost? You'd yeah, say, well, yeah, for video. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really like move a character around. Not really. You just follow along and then you interact sometimes with things. You hit buttons at certain times. Quick time events usually are the yeah. action. Yeah, yeah. And it's more of a, it's more of like the classic, like you're watching a movie and interacting with it. Correct. Yeah. Which, again, it has its place, I think, in the video game world. I just don't. No, they they obviously spent too much. They invested too much into it. Yeah, it sounds like the, from what I was reading, they expanded a couple of years ago, like huge. They brought in a whole bunch of new people, started a whole bunch of new projects, and they just couldn't couldn't keep it together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that could yeah. From what I was reading, they were founded by uh, former LucasArts people in 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, those the people who had worked on like the Maniac Mansion, all those all those kind of games, yep. and they wanted to bring that back. And they started off pretty small, but then in 2012 with The Walking Dead, the one you played and I played, they just went fucking nuts. Yep. And they, you know, they've had a lot of changes as far as like VPs and CEOs stepping down and all this shit and layoffs last year. Tried to rein in their spending, I guess, and just couldn't. Yeah. Um, the real shame, of course, is they're saying there were no severance packages for any of the employees. Yeah, because they had no money. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's That sucks. That sucks because if you're there, yeah, I don't know how long they've been. You know, I'm right. sure there are people there that were like, you know, invested everything into the company. Yeah, you know, when you're, I'm sure people at home know, and you know, you work so much, mm-hmm. and you, you know, this company's your lifeblood for five years. Five you're years, like, yeah. you trust it. Yeah, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll be taken care of. You're doing a good job. You're doing your best. People are like, that's awesome, great job on yeah. that. You have no 
fear that you're not going to have a job the next yeah. week. And then suddenly it's just gone. It's just gone. I mean, the, the nice thing about, and it's, there's no nice thing about this, no. but I guess the positive, you're going to look at one thing mm-hmm. is that the community, uh, other game studios, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't like a, this isn't a, uh, a small news. This is huge news. Huge. Yeah. So all the companies, uh, have been shouting out, uh, giving shout outs to the, the uh, workers, because mm-hmm. they're all on Twitter, by the way. This is all happening on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and inviting them uh, to apply. Yeah. At their great. places, which is really nice. So right. there, there's a lot of good things happening mm-hmm. within the community from this horrible, horrible yeah. fucking thing. So hopefully they all get jobs. Yeah. I'm sure they're all talented. They all will. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a shame, though. It's like, yeah. it sucks that, you know, Telltale, just, they, there's no severance packages. They didn't have any money. Like, it's all gone. It just sounds like mismanagement yeah. from the top down. Absolutely. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, you're just <laughs> calling out Telltale <laughs> Games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Get your finances in order. Well, they're, I guess they're trying. Well, they tried and they failed. Uh, yeah, I think it's a shame. It's, you know, it's it's the end of kind of an era. There, I, I just downloaded the first chapter. It was free, just like Shaq Fu. Of the Batman game on my phone, and I was having a good time with it, and yeah. I was thinking about buying the whole thing for maybe my iPad. But like, well, I think it's tough now. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to think about. Like, I'm going to give money to who? Who am I giving money to? Like creditors? Like, yeah, it's just a shame. It's kind of an end of an era. We'll, uh, yeah, they'll be missed. But I, do you think this like game industry is ever going to become more stable? Because just like you hear about this crunch, and people come in at like. They're working 30 hour days for like towards the end to ship these games and then they're immediately let go and these companies just fold, these successful, well-known companies fold because they overextend. It's like, I don't know, I wonder if it'll ever get more of a stable thing. You want to know my honest opinion? You don't think so? I think it will when it comes to the big, I think it's going to move into like what happened with like the movie studios. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to have five major studios, four major studios. They're going to be the unions. They're going to be the people that, you know, once you're in, you're in, you're going to work those, you know, union hours. It's going to be fine. It's going to take years. Yeah. Because you need enough people to not do it. Right. And you need, you know, but it'll, it'll, I think it'll get there. And then you're going to have different versions, different um, branches of video games like VR Mm -hmm. and mobile and all that. Stable. I don't think for small companies, no, no, unless you get bought out. There'll be no mid companies anymore, no. right? It'll be nope. the Sonys and the Xboxes yep. and the you know the Nintendos. And then there'll be the super indies, the guys at booths who did everything themselves. And it'll just be, there'll be no, I guess, no middle class of gaming. Yeah. And then eventually those guys, if they sell more than a million, they'll get bought up. Yeah. And why wouldn't you sell? Yeah. Well, fucking Minecraft guy got like 40, 400, whatever million dollars yeah. for Notch or whatever his name is. Got all that money for selling Minecraft to Xbox, of course. That Microsoft. Yeah. So, yeah. I would do it. Are you kidding well, me? Especially of if course. you're working on it for 15 years and you're bored out of Fuck your skull. It. I just fucking sell the shit out of yeah, my company. Yeah, because then he can do whatever he, then he can make a, whatever game he wants. Yeah. And he doesn't have to worry about anything. You make a real life game where you fire arrows at people. God, that's, that's so crazy that Minecraft can. Anyway, I know this is not a Minecraft discussion. It could be. Um, Shouldn't be. My my question is, do you think it's worth anyone's uh, time, like Microsoft or Sony, to buy up the properties and buy up, basically buy Telltale Games now mm-hmm. at a fucking discount and buy all those properties and finish them off? I mean, obviously, the answer is no because they were losing money. I was just going to say, yeah. But you may be able to make money off of it if you have a certain amount of infrastructure. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, or if you are, if you, 
we don't know. We don't know why they were losing money. It could have been yeah. horrible mismanagement. If that's the case, and they're like, we can make money off this. Why weren't these idiots making money? Because like Microsoft, like you said, and Sony might know the sales figure and be like, they weren't making money. How much were they spending? Well, if we spend this much, then absolutely someone would buy yeah. them and lean them down. But like, if it's because these games aren't selling at all, then no. And then you get like thinking about like the Walking Dead game is never gonna end. This was the last season. You're gonna finally find out the fate of Clementine, the little girl from the first yeah. one. You'll never know now. You'll never know. You'll never fucking know. I think I know what happened. What's that? She got bit and she's dead. I think she might get bit and is dead. <laughs> well, we'll not know. That's as good of an ending as the official canon. Well, that's Prove the new me wrong. one. Change yeah. my mind. Can't. Can't. Well, we thought about like $300 million to get this company going. So Telltale Games is gone. It will be missed, I think, by a few of us. I will always have fond memories, like you said, of playing Walking Dead. And I think I played that Jurassic Park game. I think you played it again and I was over at your place and I was watching it. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. But Except when you get to like a roller coaster thing, you're like, what is that? Why is it there? Well, I couldn't even hit the button at the right time, so I, I still I still haven't gone past it. You're not big on the quick time events. Like I hit the button Uh-oh, and it just doesn't go. go. There it is. <laughs> it's fine. Here comes the putter. Nope. I'm done. I'm over it. Maybe your company would be... Uh, okay. <laughs> if you knew how to program though. A little, a little victim blaming from Leroy Warner. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is our news, and we're cutting it short because we're uh, we've been working on something for the for the ROM of the week for a couple of months now. We've always wanted to do more produced things, more features, more things that are more in depth, right? I think you're very sweet. What in saying we? No, this is uh, this is really this is really an Ian Ian Golding produced segment. Yeah, and I'm not saying that because it's it's uh, we don't want to be. Uh, like associated with it I'm actually saying that because he deserves all the credit nah I got a lot of good feedback from you and Grant and others I yes I did all the work but I couldn't have keep going without people telling me again you're so sweet but it's not true uh true. so yeah so I think um right anyway well it's attached to our round of the week <laughs> so maybe I'll stop interrupting you and I'll let you <laughs> say what the round of the week is well, the ROM of the week this week, uh, it ties into what I'm going to be talking about, is Red Dead Redemption. So Red Dead Redemption is a game from 2010 that was uh, Xbox 360, which is where I originally played it, uh, PlayStation 3, that era. It's a Rockstar game. The easy way to think about it is Grand Theft Auto, but Old West, right? No cars, horses, you walk around, you can shoot fuckers, you can yeah. kill whatever, you can tie women to train tracks, that's not a joke, you can do that, and there's an achievement for it. Is there? <laughs> yes, there's absolutely, <laughs> it's called like Dastardly or something. Oh, and it's a, really, uh, it's a really fun game that if you haven't checked out, there's a sequel coming out, uh, October 29th, Red Dead 2, which people are excited for and should be, and it's, to me, you know, Rockstar is, is probably one of the best games at like, just giving you a game that you can play for years and years. Grand Theft Auto came out years ago and people yeah. are still they're still doing updates and people are still fucking playing it people online. Love that game. People love it and they've got tanks and fucking drug drug businesses and shit. Drones. Drones, all that shit. Uh, so Red Dead was, um, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the story, but uh, you basically play as like a, an, a reformed outlaw who... Starting to atone for his past, and he has to track down and kill these members of his old gang, basically. So it's a real simple story. It's it's you know there's like sixty missions. I think there's fifty eight actually. Uh, fifty eight missions that you go through. You get to do fucking gunfighting. There's times where you get to do a draw at noon. Draw your gun. You get a fucking standoff. 
It's got dead eye mode. You can fucking slow down time. It's got bullet time mechanic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. There's birds, right? And they're killing <laughs> birds. Leroy loves the killing birds. He it's saw me kill birds one time. We talked about this, oh, and he was so, so fucking excited. So it's a funny. great game. If you you've played, you've not played it. I have played it. You've played. I played. It. I I haven't gotten very far in it. Right. I think. Yeah, it was just one of those where some another game came out or something. Right. And I just never went back to it. Not because I didn't like. I actually had a lot of fun. Right. Um. I thought how I thought it was just very cool. Uh, how I felt like I was in the Wild West. Yes. Like I was in this town. It was just like lawless and. Like just like drive riding through the desert, I felt like I was. It, where does it take place? It takes place in Arizona. It the desert felt so like Arizona, right. New Mexico. It was just incredible. It's basically, yeah, it's new. I think New Mexico slash Mexico. It's definitely the Southwest. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy, and it was it was just a lot of fun to like, you know, just go through and, and play some of those stories. I remember. You get to ride a horse. You get to, you get to all hit, the time. You get to hit the horse. You get to go faster, you fucking horse. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't remember that part. I don't remember. Is that not a Enlighten. thing that everyone does? And I don't remember that part of the. You take the horse. You say, yeah. "Get the fuck, you fucking horse." Don't remember that. No. No. Maybe I would just say that whenever you mean, I was playing. That it. may have been you saying that out loud. I was saying that out loud when I was playing. Uh, no, you can ride a horse. You can make him go faster, and you can overwork him. You can do a million things. There's side quests. It's a wonderful game. It is. Good. Can't recommend it enough. That being said, so for this feature, for this segment, I wanted to me these uh, a lot of these games. One of the reasons they're fun is because they have maybe a level or something, right? Something that you remember, something you loved playing through the first time. There are things in in some of the old games we did for the for for Rama of the Week that had one part where we were like, "Holy shit, that's fun!" I think the the Bomberman game had one level like that where we were like floating around and we had to figure out new mechanics. Mm-hmm. The really the games that stand the test of times have a level like that, so I kind of came up with the idea, bounced around, which I had named one thing, but that's no longer the name because Leroy, all the credit to you, came up with a far better name. So this is called on the level, and uh, I'm going to talk about a specific level that I think is good. So I think I'm going to just play it. Let's hit it. Today I want to talk about endings. Endings can be tough, no matter what kind of story you're telling. It's never easy to wrap things up, and when it comes to a game, the difficulty goes up a lot. You're not only wrapping up a narrative, but you're doing it for a story that you let someone else control. The player is in charge of how they play your story. It's no wonder so many games get their ending wrong. The player ends up sinking 20 hours into a game, thinking they're building to a satisfying conclusion, then it just kind of stops. It doesn't end, it's just over. Done. Like the developer didn't know how to wrap things up and they ran out of time, leaving their players with an unsatisfying mess. Metal Gear Solid 2's infamous It was all a simulation and none of this even happened or mattered comes to mind as a particularly brutal example, but there are plenty that are even worse. Now on the other hand, there's nothing like playing through a game and discovering that they nailed the ending. They simply put just killed it and found the one way to finish it off perfectly. Now we all have our favorite game endings. Whether it's Naughty Dog's work in The Last of Us, Bungie's Halo, or who could forget sharing a burger with President Ronnie at the end of Data East Bad Dudes. The feeling of beating a game and getting the ending that perfectly wraps up the experience of playing it is a special one, and when a developer does it particularly well, it's worth talking about. Which brings us to an ending that I find special. The subject of today's episode, Red Dead Redemption. Mission 57, The Last Enemy That Shall Be Destroyed. 
Now, before we get started, I just want to warn you that from this point on, I will be discussing the ending of Red Dead Redemption in very detailed terms. If you haven't played the game and want to save the surprise of how it ends, please stop listening right now. Trust me when I say that the ending of this game is worth it. You'll want to check this out and experience it on your own. This episode will still be here when you're done. Now, if you're still here and haven't played the game, consider this your final spoiler warning. I'm also aware of those of you that will have the need to remind me that this is not the true ending of the game. That's true, but I consider the mission after this to be more of a stinger scene, like a post-credit sequence, and not the ending to the narrative of the game itself. Rockstar Games' 2010 sequel to Red Dead Revolver put players into the shoes of John Marston, a reformed outlaw looking to atone for his past and live out the second half of his life in peace, with his former actions and misdeeds firmly behind him, unmentioned and unregarded. The year is 1911, and the government is in the midst of a movement to finally tame the West. You begin the game on a quest to take down the members of a gang Marston used to run with, led by Dutch Vanderland. The newly formed Federal Bureau of Investigation has taken Marston's wife Abigail and his son Jack prisoner and is using them to coerce Marston to killing not only Dutch, but each and every surviving member of Dutch's gang. As you play through the game's 57 missions, you join John Marston on his journey to get back the life he's fought so hard for and at the same time help John try to atone for his past. For he was a thief, a murderer, and a seriously bad guy who escaped punishment for all he had done. Now along the way, you're given the choice to play as a hero or a villain, but the true narrative of the game is to play as a hero. The dialogue options all point to John hoping that he's turned a corner and become a better person. You finally are successful in putting Dutch and his gang down, and Marston is reunited with his wife Abigail and his son Jack on their family homestead. It appears you've actually earned your new life and washed the slate clean, and are now free to live out your life in peace. At this point, your missions take on a different tone and scope. Instead of fighting outlaws and bandits, you go about the travails of everyday life. You help your son Jack take down a local bear, you scare crows out of your grain silo, go on shopping trips to nearby homesteads, and go about the daily, wonderfully boring life you've earned for yourself. It's almost comical the way you continue to use the skills you've honed murdering outlaws to shoot crows and wolves, but as a player you have a real sense of accomplishment. You feel like you've earned this life for John Marston. After everything he's done throughout all of his life, and all the blood he spilled, he's finally got the peaceful life he believes he was promised. It's his. Until you begin Mission 57. You start the mission entering the barn with your son Jack, who is sanding down a wooden surface. In this cutscene, you bond with your son over future plans and the wonders of the new world, like the incredible flying machines that turn men into angels. Your time with Jack is broken by Uncle, an old friend of yours, who calls you over and shows you the huge group of men riding up to your farm. Your serenity is shattered as you confirm that you've been living on borrowed time ever since returning from killing Dutch and the gang. John immediately knows what's happening, that the future civilized America cannot let someone like John Marston continue to exist to walk around among decent folk who've never murdered or stolen or lived outside the law. John orders Jack back into the house and makes Jack promise to keep the doors locked and to protect Abigail. At this point, the cutscene ends and you gain control of John and are set upon by a dozen soldiers besieging your farm. 
you take cover and fire your weapon at them, and at first glance this is barely different than most missions you've done in Red Dead Redemption. The enemies are fairly easy to kill and really don't do much more than run straight at you, so it's not a big deal. You wipe them out easily and once again are not under threat in your homestead. You're prompted to head to your house, where you briefly interact with Abigail and Jack before once again being set upon by soldiers attacking your home. The enemies here are a bit tougher, but not by much. They still come straight at you and die as easily as most of the enemies you've killed during the course of the game. Now during the fight, no matter what you do, Uncle is shot in the chest and is clearly doomed to die. While you continue to fight off the second wave, yet another wave approaches from behind you. This is when you begin to realize that this is not a normal mission and you start to feel that sense of dread. The enemies just keep coming, and there doesn't seem to be a goal here other than to survive, and that's looking less and less likely. After beating the third wave of soldiers, you go to Uncle, who demands you get your wife and son out of there into safety, and then succumbs to his wounds. While he is a fairly minor character, his death is a bellwether of things to come. You gather Abigail and Jack and send them to the barn, where they're to get the horses ready to leave your homestead and try to escape these government men who are hell-bent on killing you. After Abigail says goodbye to the already dead uncle, yet another wave of FBI agents attacks on horseback. Once again, your goal is to kill them, but this time you've actually got to cover Abigail and Jack as they make their way to safety. The soldiers simply won't stop coming as you slowly lead Jack and Abigail to the barn. You finally lead your family to the barn, where you put them on a horse and tell them to ride on, to not look back, and that you'll join up with them. You watch as they bolt out on a single horse towards the safety of the open plains, and you're left alone. Once again, it's quiet. You're in the barn by yourself with a horse that's just begging to be ridden. You've got every opportunity to escape, to catch up with your family and go on the run, to try to make a life for yourself, to live in peace. But John knows that's not how his story ends. One way or another, he's a creature of violence. It's all he's ever known. So you walk to the opposite barn door. You peer out and then throw the doors open revealing no less than another dozen soldiers and FBI agents, all waiting for you, silently, guns at the ready. No words are spoken, no speeches, no pleading, no accusations, no argument, just resignment. Here you gain control of John and you go into what's called dead-eye mode, which is sort of a slow-motion mechanic you've used in the game to kill groups of enemies very quickly before they can shoot back. You use it here to attempt to kill as many of the lawmen as possible, but it's futile. After you fire off one or two shots, the rest of the firing squad opens up on you, and the game takes you to a final cutscene of John Marston, the man you've spent dozens of hours playing as, dying a gruesome, cruel death, as he's finished off by the same FBI agent he was helping not ten missions ago. The posse wordlessly walks off and leaves your body in the dirt on your own farm, and before long, Jake and Abigail return to discover that John is dead. Their family has been shattered, and their lives turned upside down, all in the name of civilization. Now, I'll be honest, the first time I played through this mission, I thought it did something wrong. It was simply shocking that John, the main character of this game, died in a gunfight against less enemies than I'd taken on before. Only as the cutscene played did I realize that this was the correct outcome. But, and this is something that every single person I know has done, I went back and tried the mission again to see if maybe, just maybe, I could somehow make it out alive and kill all the bad guys. I probably reloaded this mission 15 times and tried and tried and tried, but to no avail. I think I got up to like killing four, maybe five, but it's, it's impossible. I think. Now the reason I wanted to talk in length about this level is because, well, it's perfect. This final mission is the culmination of everything that Red Dead Redemption is about. It pays off the entire story and themes and completes John Marston's arc perfectly. 
The entire game has focused on John Marston running from his past, from the evil he's done to his fellow man. John hopes that he can leave his old life and his old way of life behind, but throughout the game it simply will not go away. Through every mission we're reminded of the horrific things John has done, mostly through the words of other characters, who know John by his well-earned, horrible reputation as a murdering outlaw. John believes himself a changed man, but even as a noble hero, he's still a violent killer, still a relic of a lawless and bloody age that has to go away. Despite what John has told himself, he cannot escape his past and he cannot join the new world. John Marston, of course, represents the changing of America and its shift from the era of lawless West to a more civilized age. But this change does not come without blood and without sacrifice. The government using John to rid the West of the other members of his gang only to betray him is really the only way this story could play out. The thing is, Marston dying is the only way he can actually atone for his past. His death is the final payment that clears his ledger. The team at Rockstar Games did a masterful job in almost every aspect of Red Dead Redemption, and for my money, the ending tops everything else they did in it. They took us on a journey of, well, redemption, and although we thought we were earning it along every step of the way, they had other plans. And until the last enemy that shall be destroyed, they let us, and John Marston, believe we had a chance to change our past. So there you go. On the level, episode one, segment one, feature one. It's a great job. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but I think yeah. it ended up being worth it. It was like two months of work, but hopefully everyone enjoyed that. They'll let us know. All right. So that's our uh, new, well, that was actually our ROM of the week section. It sure was. So we're going to move on. So we're going to talk about our. Uh, <laughs> I like how you like play it out. You're like trying to figure it out. You're, trying, you're really trying hard to stay. You're like, where part of the show are we at? Well, yeah, because I feel like because we have this new thing. <laughs> threw you off. Threw, it, threw, it threw us completely off. We're it, all over the place. Listen, it's all good. It is all good. Fucking Rob of the Week. Wham. <laughs> in your face. Wham Dango. Rob of the Week featuring on the level. New oh, segment. See, that's like a lot. That's a mouthful you said. So uh, we will now, I know where I am in the show now because I know that we're about to talk about our Madden season. The Maddening of Buffalo. That is some beautiful shit right there. There's a drop right there. That was really good. That's a pro drop, bro. That's so good. The Maddening of Buffalo. Welcome. This was our first week without Grant. Right? This is our first week playing without Grant, yes. And we were a little concerned. We were also concerned because of our opponent. We knew we had a powerhouse, an undefeated powerhouse, the Minnesota Vikings. We did, because they had Tom Brady. First off, and he's a 99. Yes. So we were very nervous about that, because we don't need him completing. We don't want him completing passes. Oh, no. We can't have that shit. We can't have that shit. Our corners aren't exactly the best. They're not bad. No. But they're not fucking 99s. And they have Brandon Cooks, the receiver, who I think has played with him before. He's a 91, like, I he's think. He's like a 91. He's a great receiver. Yeah. And there's a, they had an 88 that the other guy I do not remember. Some and guy. It, and you know why we don't remember. Well, we'll tell you that in a we'll little tell, bit. We'll tell you. Kind of little hint. And their defense seemed pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, their corners were insane. Their corners were insane. They were way better. Well, it's almost better than our wide receivers. Yes. Numbers-wise. Yes. Yeah, so it was it was a little, and they were undefeated. They so, were undefeated. So the game has made them so far 
a powerhouse. Powerhouse. So, and we were playing in their house. We were going to Minnesota, oh, away from the vacation. friendly confines of Orchard Park. Oh, our we, home. Well, not for long. Yeah. We'll be gone. Our adopted home. Our, well, our home, I guess. Our temp. It was like a foster home. Yeah, you're like, you're like oh, I'm totally leaving this yeah. place. Yeah, like as soon as I turn 18, I'm fucking going to Boca, motherfuckers. <laughs> I am going to Boca. So we went into that game. We, we did something new this week, you and I, Leroy. We scouted. We scouted. Yeah, and I think this is actually uh, this is one of the better things that we've uh, adjusted and added to our gameplay. It is fully uh, going forward. It is we're going to be doing it fully yes. every week. We w- basically went to their roster mm-hmm. and we looked at every position and saw which numbers were the lowest. Yes. Who was the weakest? Yes. And then we devi- we devised a game plan um, on what we would do mm-hmm. before we played. And yeah, I I feel like it was a really good idea. Well, what did we see when we saw? What was tell me what jumped out? I think the first thing I noticed was how good. I mean, besides Tom Brady being yep. goat, <laughs> hate saying that. Fuck that. Yes. Uh, fuck. Maybe. Um, the corners. Yeah. I noticed were really, really good. Really good. So I was nervous about a throwing game. Mm-hmm. So then we went and saw the middle linebacker and we were like oh wow they suck different story so a little different story so we were like if we have to throw let's do pass at the middle that was our first like talking point yes then we were like but because the corners let's not pass our first drive let's run it yes and see because I feel like we might we might have something might have something there so and defensively we looked at their offensive line and we didn't see much that was special there was anything special, no. Yeah. Specifically that center. Yeah. He, he was, was actually gar- yeah. really garbage. So yeah. I think we were also like, well, we're pretty much huge powerhouse yeah. on our, our defense. We really know how to play it. Right. So we were confident in it, but knowing that the center was like a 65. Yeah, he was not good. Might I have been an injury there or something. We came up with another plan yeah. for defense where I was basically putting pressure on that guy the whole time. Right. And three out of four times, I would immediately breeze past him. Yes. And uh, hurt. And go after. Go after T. Braids. Or at least distract him. So uh, I, we're not going to go through every play, but so they had the ball first, and we were worried. Tom Brady, these receivers, he's efficient. So now I'm sweating it. So I think they started with a run, which was, I felt like, kind of an insult. <laughs> yeah. And, and we stuffed that. Oh, yeah. They lost two yards, I and believe. And then they passed twice, and both times we sacked the shit out of Tom Brady. He was Brady. sacked twice in the first drive. Amazing. In the first drive. And I think, I'd like to, I, Ian made both sacks at, with the same guy. It was um, uh, Alexander. Alexander, who's our, what is he, our left? Uh, left end. So, yeah. And so, I feel like I helped, though, because yeah. I was breezing past that goddamn setter so quick. Yeah, you had Sue. You were going crazy. I was going nuts. And Sue, yeah. I was like, see ya. Yeah. Like, I would purposefully aim for that guy, and then just, like, my arm would just go right over. And I'm, like, <laughs> already there. And Tom Brady's looking at me. Right. Next thing he knows, he's getting fucking stuffed. Stuffed. By Alexander. Yeah, getting destroyed. It so- was a lot. Of, it was hilarious. Yeah. I think we I I think we paused it because we were laughing so hard. Yes, how, we had to. How easy it was. We were doing the thing. You know when you're doing well in a game when you start pulling up the replay to watch things yeah. again. <laughs> um, so that first drive, then as Leroy said, we decided when we got the ball, we were going to run it. We didn't know if it was going to work or not. We haven't been much of a running team. No, Leroy, it worked a little. <laughs> it worked. It worked a touch. 
A touch. Hey, we fucking got a touchdown. What touchdown? Yeah, we. I think we were averaging like ten or eleven yards yeah. on our running plays in the first drive. There were holes everywhere. It's holier than holier than. I was gonna say Jesus. I okay, was, but I think I'm gonna go with the funnier one. Uh, Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Hey, that's yeah. not that. I guess Jesus is funnier. Yeah, it's more controversial. Holier than the Pope. The Pope. Holier than there's holes. There was holes. Holier than and you were hitting them. Shia LaBeouf in yeah. that movie Holes, which was great. There were more holes in this. Yeah, than there was that. More holes in this joke. There's more holes in this than anything. Anyway, uh, so we found a lot of success. We uh, we then gave the ball back to them after we kicked off, and this is when we <laughs> strip sacked Tom Brady and your boy Sue. <laughs> The super sub stall oh my God. the ball, jumped up, ran it for touchdown. He's so limber. He's so limber. He just like I've never seen a man move that that of that size move that fast. Sue man. So And he uh, I'm gonna say. What? He didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> and he didn't step on anyone's balls yeah, see, or anyone's face. Anyone. He, he just grabbed the ball and went in the end zone and did the touchdown. <laughs> I don't know why he was so protective of Sue just then. Yeah, you were like, I don't want people he's to know. He's on my team. He's my He's your boy. Yeah, he's you a, took him for that. On, time. He's on it's on Buffalo. Um, we then went back to our passing game, found a lot of success exactly the way we predicted, which was throwing to tight ends or receivers cut across the middle where the they'd have middle. to be. Yeah, and it was beautiful. And it was <laughs> linebackers didn't do anything. No. They couldn't move. I, don't, I didn't get it. There was one time where we watched a replay and the linebacker just watched the receiver run wide by him. Like, oh, hey, look so at you. Bad. Look at you go. You're fast, huh? So funny. Am I supposed to talk to that guy? Or <laughs> Should I what's my job? Yeah. We really, really were surprisingly, for, for what we built up this team to be, this Minnesota team, it was, it was a bit of a cake. We were having fun about halfway through the game. We weren't stressed we were having a good time yeah we we basically yeah we ran the numbers up on them pretty quickly so the last half was basically us fucking around trying different things like fake bunts <laughs> fake field goals rather <laughs> so funny <laughs> calling all the stupidest plays we could find oh fart. my god tried the, the yeah we tried a, a fake field goal which is why well we'll talk about it but our boy nate peterman is apparently the holder i don't know why <laughs> he's nate. doing He's doing shit. Uh, he he actually got his he got his first time in a, in a regular season game. He completed a pass. He did for a loss. Yeah, two whatever minus two shovel pass. Technically, it was. Um, so we won. We won this game thirty five to nothing. Booyah! We didn't hit our forty two, even though we kept. It should have been like fifty six. Yeah. By the way, if we just if we actually were like we want to run the score up, score up, we would have yeah. we would have hit the fifties. Yeah. We were we were really we were really we just, fucking around. We yeah. were just trying plays. We're like, what's this one look like? What's this one look like? And we were doing fake shit, and we yeah. always were going for it on fourth down because we know we had it in hand, and we knew we were going to win. So why the fuck not? But thirty-five nothing. Yeah. What? How were those stats? Well, I'll tell you about their stats. Okay. So they had fourteen first downs. No passing yards. Oh, total. Tom Brady completed five passes <laughs> for fourteen yards. Kind of embarrassed still. Very. <laughs> Rushing, uh, well, I'll tell you about their overall yards. So 14, you add to that, what's their total yards? That would be negative four. <laughs> because their rushing yards were negative 18. <laughs> so we have, I think we have negative 11 total rushing yards for, the, or some, sorry, total yards for the season against these teams. Negative. No, it's 11. No, it's 11. It's 11. Yeah. It's 11 yards total that have been put up against us through the season that's second place i believe is 715 <laughs> or something yeah it's something fucking ridiculous yeah um we're first we're very first uh we crushed them they had zero zero first downs they never got a first down we're just so good at our defense we're we just sick. know how to play we had no idea it was gonna be like this we thought because we drafted drew Brees first 
or I think we got Antonio Brown first, but we did, we were all offense for a while. And then I believe when we were drafting, you were like, hey, dude, we should start looking at defensive players. Sean Lee. Sean Lee was the key. Well, I don't know. I don't even know what that fucking, that, that fucking uh, what's his name? Alexander, who's like a 72, by the way. He's not even that good in the game, but just the way the game is set up, he just gets He's sacks perfect. constantly. Yeah. By the end, Tom Brady was throwing passes away, which was hilarious. He threw more passes away than actually attempted passes, I right. think. Yeah, he was just fucking sailing him into the end zone. Just he wanted the game. They didn't call a single timeout with like, when they were in their two-minute drill, they were like, it's fine. Yeah. That, oh, well, we yeah. called a timeout, we, though. Well, we did. Yeah, you did. I was being such a dick. Because they like, were letting the clock run out and just so the game would be over. Yeah. And I said, no, no, no. That's not how we do things. And paused. Yeah, of course you did. And then did we do it, throw a bomb? And if we would have, if we would have had more time, we could have gotten, we could have rushed up to the line. We ran, we called a timeout accidentally during their two minutes. That was my fault. Yeah, because I, I got excited because I thought it was a completed pass, and then like as I realized he didn't complete it, I hit. You hit the button. I hit the button, and I was like, "Why did I do that?" So we were, we had zero, but we threw a nice bomb to one of our receivers, who probably our tight end. And we would have been had time for one more play to try to get it to the end zone to get it up to forty two, but unfortunately, we didn't have time. Yeah, it, we could have got that shit to like sixty. We could have. <laughs> we uh, we didn't make any moves. We scouted some scouted players. We looked at. We've got we've got a lot happening in the next three weeks of our game with uh, Lashawn McCoy coming back, a ninety third string runner who makes like one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. So we're gonna be able to trade him for pretty much anything we want. Yeah, we don't know what yet. I don't know. So we're we're plugging away. We were worried that without Grant, some of the magic wouldn't be there. But we held down, we held the fort down for him. So when he comes back, yeah, that, our big worry was we did not want to lose without Grant. No, because he would never let he, us. We wouldn't let us live it down. No, we had to win. It was a must win, and must we did. Win. We did our best, and we uh, clearly showed up. We are one of three undefeated teams left in the NFL. Who's it? The other two, uh, Green Bay and no. the Bears. We're playing Green Bay next week. It's Colts oh. and Bears. It's Colts. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. And here's the good news: we are We're playing, playing Green Bay. Both of them. This year. <laughs> of course we are. Colts and oh, of course, yeah. We are going to yeah, we'll find out who's the best. It'll be us. Let's be honest. So it was fun. It was a good week. Uh we're playing like Leroy said, we're playing Green Bay. They're one and two. They're not very good, but they oh. got my boy Mitch Trubisky as quarterback. They do. They got a lot going on in there. They got some good wide receivers. I forgot who, but they're good. You got your boy Punches? Or was he on No, he was on the Patriots. He was on the Patriots. Um, uh, uh, Vikings. Vikings, yeah. But they got some good receivers, so uh, and I think their defense sucked also. Their defense was not good. Yeah. We are going to light Trubitsky. <laughs> like nobody's. You don't need to do I'm that. sorry, man. I'm sorry. Do that. He's a young kid. He's still learning. He's going to get smoked. Yeah, he is. He's really going to get smoked. One and two, he's already. Probably. And with their defense, we have to we have to try and get 42 points next week. Yes. We got to up it. We've, we started at like 30, 38 and then we did 35. We hit 35 a couple times. We really got to get in there. Yeah. We want to hit 42 next week. 42. And zero. We're going to hold them in a no yard. Oh yeah. No more points. Or no rest points. of the season. Yeah. So yeah, that is our uh, season. We don't know when we're moving. We don't know where we're going. That is still, oh, we had some financial issues this year, this week. We were we lost like three million bucks. We learned some things about financing. Yes, there's so there's some issues that we yeah. we need to talk about. Yeah, we lost three million dollars. Yeah, and because we're not making any revenue because we we set the prices too high. We also sp- we spend six million a week. Yeah, and I don't know how we got to look at that too. I don't know how I don't know what's happening. I don't know either. We have to. We are going to run out of money by week eight. Yeah, we. I'm worried. This out. I'm worried. Figure this out. We need to, yeah, we, what we did was we took our, uh, our concession. We had jacked up all of our prices as a bit at the beginning of the season. And we realized 
that we weren't making enough money because no one is buying everything because it's literally most of the stuff is double the league average for these prices. Yeah, everything. It was so funny. Everything was like <laughs> average is a hundred dollars. We're like, oh, so three hundred dollars for t-shirt? Not a good idea. Yeah, not the best idea. Okay. So we lowered all of our prices to just above league average to try to maybe get some revenue going because we do not want to fold halfway through the season and have the league take over our I, game. I agree. I think it's gonna be funny though when Grant returns or hears about this because yeah. he's gonna have to sign off on it as well. And right. we're going to have to find a nice happy medium. Yeah, of us. Yeah, of, of, of the prices. Because I don't think he's going to be happy. No, no. I'm not happy, but no. I get it. Like, I think we definitely need to stay in business. Yeah. We lowered the ticket prices. We lowered merch prices. We lowered. I don't think we lowered concession prices. No, though. of course not. We, ju- we lowered the prices on all the salty snacks. And, and yeah, kept they're the even lower. Yeah, they're even lower. All of them. Yeah. And now, and the drinks stayed as high as they are. So, smart enough, because then we'll make more money on drinks. Game doesn't think of that, but we did. We did. Um, so we'll see when Grant comes back, he's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to agree to that. So that should be an interesting discussion and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll update you next week when we play our next game of our season, the maddening of Buffalo. I'm going to play the drop again. Do it. Green Bay's dead. The maddening of Buffalo. It's like a mix of, it's like a mix of booze and cheers. I love it. A little bit of booze. Yeah. The uh, and then you got the buffalo. They got that train horn that people don't like. The end. <laughs> Layered that in. So that's gonna do it for this episode for the rom of the Aww. week. My name. It's over you already. Keep, wait, let's talk about uh, what do you want? Pancakes. What pro or con? I'm for them. Of course. Who's against them? Uh that's waffle, what I'd like to know. Waffle people. Oh yeah. Listen. I like waffles just as much. Fucking waffle people. But like people are like there's, there's no contest. Pancakes suck. Waffles I mean, rule. Well, you need to fucking back that up with some stats. Go some back shit. to Belgium. Belgian yeah. waffle. Fuck. Yeah, we're in America. Pancakes for life. Pancakes. Anyway, pancakes. Pancakes. Sorry. Anyway. Well, that was a pancake moment. That's right. From the Rama. We have a pancake drop. Pancake. We have a literal pancake drop. Just gonna, we're just right here. We're gonna put in. The, we're about to hear it. The sound of a pancake hitting the ground. There it is. Uh, perfect. Someone dropped the pancake. Someone dropped it for the Rama of the week. My name's Ian. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he would. And I'm Leroy. And we will see you next week. Balo. 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 Pancake drop. I like it. We should record the pancake drops now. That's what it should all be. Just pancake. We just buy pancakes and just drop them. And uh, we'll put a waffle. Very good. We'll put a waffle drop in there. Be like, People are like, I know the that's a waffle. What the fuck is that? Get that's that a fucking there. waffle. You gross. <laughs> fucking gross. <laughs> some reason you guys love to listen to the whole theme song it's time for another new feature it's an outtake so we had uh we forgot to record our little cold open at the very beginning of the show before the opening theme so leroy recorded it at home and sent me a file and uh, uh here it is motherfucker oh god we gotta do it all over again come on oh wait i guess not we didn't do it the first time so i guess we're not doing it again 
We're doing it for the first time. Why am I complaining? Whatever. Hi, Ian. I hope Spider-Man is thwapping away. Well, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, 